first of all, nobody's broken. That's number one, and that's really hard. Some people are so relieved to hear that. Some people, that is so hard to hear because they feel so, so broken. And I totally honor that, and I have felt that, and it is this horrible place to be. Um, and to start building back in the possibility that we're not broken and this will move, that's so important. Welcome to Purple Honey, a gathering of female voices where we explore how Jewish wisdom and feminine spirituality can bring sweetness to our everyday lives. I'm your host, Jody Bayless. We are in the month of ER. The month of ER is a through line that carries us between Passover time, the time where we moved from restriction to expansion, and into the time of receiving, marked by the upcoming holiday of Shavuot. ER is the month where we count each day and immerse into the spiritual qualities within the tree of life, exploring these emanations as they manifest in our own lives. As we wade through all of this, it totally makes sense that ER is the month of healing. In fact, the letters that spell out the word ER are an acronym, straight from a Torah verse, Ani Yud Yud Rafecha, I am source, I am your healer. Healing calls us to be in deep relationship with ourselves. Healing calls us to ask, how am I walking through the world? Today we explore healing in conversation with Rachel Brumberger. Rachel received her Master of Acupuncture, Oriental Medicine, and a Postmaster's Certificate in Women's Holistic Health from the Maryland University of Integrative Health. She also completed the Integrative Health Practitioner Training for Hospital Settings at the Penny George Institute. As a practitioner, healer, and co-creator of Third Space Wellness in downtown Silver Spring, Rachel has made it her life's work to help people heal, which is sometimes reminding those that she works with how amazing they are, even when they seem to have forgotten. Being with Rachel was such a joy. She was smart, funny, wise, and oh, so healing to be in conversation with. I hope you enjoy steeping in her wisdom and learning about healing through the lens of acupuncture and her practices as much as I did. Where was the seed that was planted for you and the shift in your own life that brought you into healing? I've been thinking about this a lot. So lots of people are curious, how do you become an acupuncturist? How, right? How does that happen? And this is my typical standard answer, which is still true. Um, my quickie is like, there was this perfect intersection of my health falling apart and my want for different work all at the same time mm. that perfectly, perfectly collided. Um, when I was about 29. So there's all that, and then in that, as that was happening, and I was starting to figure out how to heal, I then, looking at my life, realized that there had been these like interesting seeds actually the whole time I'd been alive, right? Mm-hmm. Which I could not see at that time. But it was relatively, I think, again, serendipity is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. But I was, um, I was struggling in my work life with mm-hmm. how, how was I, what did I love about my job? What didn't I love? Um, what did I need to be doing with myself professionally? And I was looking at, you know, should I go be a social worker? Maybe I'll do psychology. And so I was exploring all these mm-hmm. things and I kept having to ask myself what, what and how I got there. It's like, how, what is it about my daily life in work that seems to be natural and easy? Like, what do people count on me for? What's the most fun? And, you know, I was working with students at the time, and they'd come into my office, and I'd say, how are you? And I need to talk to you about this thing. Okay, but how are you? And they'd be like, I'm fine. And I was like, 
no, really. And then they would burst into tears or they mm. would tell whatever my coworkers, the same thing, you know, how are you? And so my office became a place where people could show up. Mm. Right. And then I looked at that thread in all my other jobs and saw that that was there, that, you know, people had counted on me to listen to the, that answer and not let them pass out on it. Like, Oh no, no, no. I actually asked you and I'm waiting for the answer and fine is not the answer. So I actually want to know what fine means. Um, and so there was that. And at the same time, I'm having additional digestive disharmony, speaking of food things mm -hmm. and panic attacks and like, Oh, I can't sleep. And this is not new. It just got worse after a period of being okay for a while. So that all kind of, and then I was at a, um, <clears throat> I was at a reunion with some of my singing friends from college when one of them was like, Oh, I'm studying acupuncture. And I said, Oh, cool. I heard that's great for stress. Like I'm stressed out. Right. She's like, come to the clinic. Just, you should come try it. So I did. I started that journey with her. It was amazing. Things just started to move that had never moved. And she was the one that's like, I think you should look into this. Mm. I think you'd maybe be good at this and like this. And I was like, that's wild. Stick needles in people. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. However, I got the courage to go to an open house at my school that I ended up at, um, which I never would have gone by myself, but I went by myself. I walked in. It felt like home. Yeah. I was like, great. I'm home. These are my people. Now what? So I looked to do every possible program except acupuncture because <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought there's no way that there's no way and it turned out actually that was the way because when I sat in finally at the end of this sort of like let me look at all the places in this house mm -hmm. that I could participate in that I sat in on this observation class and I was like oh yeah you're talking to my inner three-year-old like this is totally the way that's it and I signed up I was like enrolled within weeks Mm. Um, and I had been hearing about the school on the radio for months while I was having these panic attacks, like on my way to work, I would hear about the school. I just didn't realize. And I had grown up down the street from the school and didn't realize mm -hmm. and had gone to the post office like every week with my dad in the same building as this school my whole life. So it's interesting. And, um, it's funny. And then they, it's like I did the herb program and you learn about all these fascinating things. And when I look back and what did I like to do as a kid? I liked teaching. I liked asking people questions and hearing their answers. And I loved playing with onion grass and trying to like turn it into perfume and collecting stones and mm -hmm. looking like I heard, Oh, you could heal someone with a feather. So I tried it mm -hmm. when I was a kid. So mm -hmm. it's when you, when I look back, it's like, that was always there. Right. Mm -hmm. I was fascinated with medicine women mm -hmm. and tribe medicine and village medicine and I thought always mm -hmm. thought it was fascinating so and there was this like deep alignment for yeah. you super deep and it was like this was your space totally and it was like <laughs> oh oh all the stars lined up I'm finally where I'm supposed to be oh and then poof that was that and and the training is three years so in Maryland it's so the acupuncture degree, mm -hmm. the masters, and there's been a lot, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of growth mm -hmm. in these modalities right now in the schools and the processes. So at the time, the master's program was three year program plus or minus clinic, depending on how long it took. And then you did herbs separately. Mm -hmm. Now you can do them together. Mm -hmm. um, but Maryland doesn't require herbal practice for an acupuncturist. A lot of other states do. So I ended up in five years of school. I did, did my acupuncture degree, did my women's health certificate, did my herbal mm -hmm. piece after. And was the women's health piece, was that, what brought you to bring that in? I am, I, I think I said this in my first day in that program. I think all health is women's health. Really. I think and not because we're all women or have to abide by that um, binary. <clears throat> it's more the energetic. I mean, we live on the Mother Earth. And women have complex, different, mysterious bodies 
in some ways we're different creatures if in, in, in at least in our biology our organ structure um, aside from our anyone's relationship to their feminine like what wherever anybody is in their gender anywhere anywhere in there it doesn't matter we all have a relationship with femininity femininity masculinity etc and everything in between and outside and whatever and we live on this planet that is that has this energetic this feminine energetic so I think all health is women's health because hmm. we all come everyone got here from a womb no, no matter whom's it was, no matter who raised them after, whatever, that's, that's unique to these biological bodies. And so I think we can, if we understand that, um, then we can help everybody. It's really deep. I feel like I could go in this <laughs> women's health direction for you for hours, so I'll probably, I'm containing myself. <laughs> <laughs> but just in the, just in hearing you say, yeah, we are walking on mother earth yeah and these acts there's these access points whether we are accessing them or not yeah um are a channel for healing and absolutely absolutely and our relationship with our bodies and nutrition and feeling safe and Mm -hmm. that all start like right that Mm -hmm. starts within the body and then as soon as we come out Mm -hmm. um and whatever that is after so our relationship with feeling safe and our emotional relationships our relationship with nourishment it's all related mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who was doing the safety doesn't matter who was feeding this little one doesn't matter mm-hmm. it's all that part of that energetic um, and, and and our bodies are different and so and they require a deep understanding of that in order for us to be well so mm-hmm. I thought that was really important to you because we have, in these bodies, we have some differences in the way things show up and the way our chi moves and the relationship we have with our substance, like our substantive nature, you know, that there's blood in my veins mm-hmm. so we have this extra organ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So t- it's a whole thing. There's a whole vasculature a whole that whole is created. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Huge. It's enormous. <laughs> um, and I, I might, I'm going to bring us into sure. that, I think, because uh, it feels, you know, globally, there is that question of like, wh- what does imbalance look like? And, yeah. <sighs> um, mm-hmm. but you mentioned cheese, so I yeah. thought we could maybe explore a little bit together. Sure. Um, you know, you had mentioned when you were working in more of an office setting, students would come to you and mm-hmm. the space was, how are you? Mm-hmm. And that feels like there's this, that connection between mm-hmm. acupuncture and Chinese medicine and um, some of its basic principles yeah. and then your relationship with your clients. Yeah. So maybe we'll start with what are, <laughs> with, what are, what's, what are just like, what's the 101? So for everyone, I think one thing that's important to sort of demystify the word qi, um, and this is how I tell my patients, is simply... I'm alive, you're alive, we have chi. When we're dead, no more chi. That's it, right? It's just energy, life force, life force. That's it. I'm, I'm enlivened, you're enlivened, and one day we will not be enlivened like this. No more enlivenment, no more coursing chi. Okay, so that's because people don't know <gasps> energy. What is, oh, that's like either really, really lovely for people, makes them feel really safe in a treatment room or totally can freak people out or anything in between. So I think it's really important to just like invite people to the possibility. We're just talking about enlivenment, right? And then simply stagnation and movement is like, am I, am I moving smoothly through my life relative to the circumstances that I am experiencing or not? Mm-hmm. It is obviously incredibly complex to get into each beloved's unique circumstances and how uniquely they respond to those circumstances and what happens in their body, mind, spirit. That's really sacred territory for like each 
single human being that I have the honor of being around. And, and it is actually that simple as, am I smooth in the presence of this thing that's happening relatively or maybe appropriately? Like when something huge is happening, it's totally appropriate to have a huge response and maybe get hugely stuck for a bit. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to stay there 17 years later? Not really. Mm-hmm. That's not life giving. That's mm-hmm. not enlivenment. That's movement toward death. Mm-hmm. So is the thing that's happening kind of not that big a deal? And I am having an enormous response to it. Interesting. What is that? That stagnation also in present time. So if we look at it like that, it's actually, that part is simple. Getting through each person's unique uh, showing up of that, that's Mm. dynamic. Sometimes very simple, sometimes complex, but either way dynamic. Mm -hmm. Because it's their life. Mm -hmm. And it's their body. And like, you know, what my body does in the presence of a, a triggering situation um, something from the past that comes up and surprises me, something new that I don't know how to deal with yet, how I be with that and how you would be with that in the same could be totally different. Mm-hmm. I get muscle knots. Maybe you get a migraine. Mm-hmm. I don't, may, you know, I don't know. Maybe I throw my back out. Maybe you get period stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe both. And is this as a healer, as an acupuncturist mm-hmm. steeped in Chinese traditional medicine? Mm-hmm. Is, is, so that's a huge piece of information. A huge piece of information. Yeah, because it's so, right, so in Chinese medicine, or, and we could, when I, also, in Chinese medicine, we're really saying like in, in Asian medicine, East Asian medicine, right? Because what is present day China was mm-hmm. a lot of, where a lot of people and a lot of um, empires and dynasties and each, if you go to Vietnam, if you go to Korea, Japan, China, all have traditions in what I'm calling right now Chinese medicine. So everyone brings something rich to the table in that tradition. So, mm-hmm. um, so in this medicine, the concept that any of us are not a total mind, body, spirit does not exist. There's like, to my knowledge, at least in the Chinese language, no way to distinguish me, like human, and I, and you know, I, Rachel, that I could possibly be anything but a body, mind, spirit all together. So there's no, yet, yes, there's facets of medicine where we say we need a psychologist here, we need a cardiologist there, this is a neurology thing. Ultimately, um, in this medicine, everyone's seen as whole first. And the my understanding also of the tales I've heard is that, uh, so when, if you were studying in ancient Asian culture to be a practitioner, you had to study specialties first. I have to study first pediatrics or gynecology or uh, external applications like sports medicine, injuries, things like that. Study each of these things, digestive, renal, whatever, all the things, of course, in different language, until you had a certain amount of experience, then only could you be considered a general practitioner, Mm. which is fascinating, actually. Because that's kind of backwards. The people flipped. It's flipped from what we understand in in today's, like, kind of... Because doctors specialize Mm -hmm. now. Right. So I want to, I'm just going to repeat that so I make sure I understand it. Yeah. So the people real, that if you were studying um, through this mm-hmm. tradition, you would start with mm-hmm. di- different areas yes. and move up to... And up to general practitioner. Because you're, understa- you're steeped in and you're steeped grounded in. in all of that. Uh-huh. So it is really a so different what, way of having someone come into a treatment room from at least here, you know, in our, um, in our understanding of modern medicine and modern is referring to like a, what, 200 ish year period. So like what was medicine in the United States even is very different 250 years ago from 200 years ago from 10 years ago. And 
we should, I think it's important to honor that and honor what that's amazing at and like how thankful I am that there are emergency rooms and all of that. Mm-hmm. And by the time someone lands with me, typically, not always, like they've been around the block, mm-hmm. confused maybe about why they're still having their symptoms, maybe well-treated, maybe not, often a lot of medications, usually for a couple different things mm-hmm. um, and not having come back into touch with something we all knew as children whether we could say it or not that I'm whole and complete and until we get that sorted this stuff is going to be really hard to figure out for any specialist mm-hmm. I don't know why I have acid reflux I'm that one IBS there's so many things. People are like, I've done all the things. Like, why is this happening to me? Mm. Um, to me, which is something we can talk about too. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, or neck pain. I, it, I, I get a sad muscle when I'm supremely disappointed and angry. Mm. Any massage in the world is not going to take care of that until I, I, Rachel, handle that thing that I'm really upset about in my emotional universe. So if we don't teach people that, they don't know because they may not be getting it, may not, most likely are not getting it in most of other medicine, Mm -hmm. but they will get it when they come back to themselves. They come into my treatment room and that's where we're starting from. Mm -hmm. Like this whole, who are you head to toe? How is life? What do you love about your life? What's not going so well? Like, how's your emotional universe? How's your spiritual universe? Whatever that means, whatever divine means to someone or not, right? And so it's very um, refreshing and validating to hear that when the emotional, the underlying emotional piece of an issue that may manifest as your neck pain, yeah. that through, through your tools and um, I, mean, I feel like I, I kind of just like sort of spontaneously do this myself. I think acupuncture would help too because <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, you know, like get right in yeah, there. Yeah. But like holding that deeper yeah. sp- space can help potentially yeah. um, and, and, you know, um, address the other symptoms and I and how what is the mechanism that like makes that happen that makes that in the how do we address that part or um say more about that that sounds like a really amazing question yes so 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 the two questions are right like in the as a treatment yeah as a practitioner what's the mechanism and I'm I'm just curious too if Mm -hmm. um like what would what is the view in Chinese medicine that addressing all of these sort of yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So again, super love it dynamic. So, so I happen to be trained in five element acupuncture. That's mm-hmm. one lineage. There are many, many rich lineages, and the one that I was given was to look at people like, in who are who am I in my essential nature? Who are you in your essential nature? And what does that actually look like in nature, on the planet Mother Earth? Right, so is this person that I'm with like the water, like the wood, like the soil, the earth, like metal or air, fire? Do they sound like that? Do they look like that? Do they move through the world like that? Is there, you know, when you, you know, when you give someone you love a hug and, and you know their smell, do they smell like that? Do they mm. smell like those energetics Mm. um how do they relate to their life do they do i relate from a place of water or fire Mm. or whatever so there's this there's that's one viewpoint that's one very important lens i'm looking at and also understanding that even in my essential nature let's you know like let's okay so i i have a lot of wood and metal i know that okay i've learned that in my study I'm still all five of those mm-hmm. things. Everybody is the whole thing. Everyone is a microcosm of living here, a microcosm of the universe, a microcosm of this planet. So everyone has water, earth, fire, everybody. Mm-hmm. The qu- question is like, what is the quality of it? Who, who's there too much? 
what's missing? Mm-hmm. Is this person who has this incredible superpower in, say, the wood element, not able to do fire? Then we have issues. We're going to see problems with joy and relating mm-hmm. or sadness or whatever. Maybe we're going to see things that are happening in the chest mm-hmm. or the arms or sweating or whatever. So there's this one lens of like understanding how this person walks along the planet mm-hmm. as a microcosm of the planet and this like holographic viewpoint of who am I mm-hmm. and who are you and are, is there enough of everything to be balanced and is the person in their essential nature balanced in that particular element? Like, mm-hmm. is that okay? Is that going okay for them? Mm-hmm. Or are they stuck in one because of an experience they had in life and they can't get mm-hmm. out of it, can't get out of grief, cannot have mm-hmm. tried so hard metal element even if they're not a metal person is it is it just taking up too much of the space in their daily life so that's one and then the other which is universal to all of us who've studied any chinese medicine is these eight principles of kind of is this an excess or a deficiency issue is this interior or exterior so like is this an is this an emotional thing causing imbalances or is this something i caught like I caught a flu when I was eight, got trapped in my body, mm. seemed normal, but nobody knows why I have this weird joint pain. And maybe it's external. Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it, so there's these, and there's a couple of other distinctions, but it's these way of just, um, is it yin, is it yang? So is this is a stillness thing or an activity thing? And so if we're looking at, and there's, there's other further delineations within the context of all of those and where, where the substances fall in, like how we look at the fluids of the body or the blood mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the chi, like, which I said, just as enlivenment, but also for anyone who, um, maybe considers themselves an empath, for example, mm-hmm. you know, this feeling mm-hmm. I have in the presence of someone when I say, how are you? And I think they're lying to me is mm-hmm. chi. Mm-hmm. And that's another, mm. it's just their chi. I mean, it's like, I can see something there. Can everyone see that? I don't know, but I can. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's all, all of these distinctions and lenses. So we're, I'm looking at like, who is this person in nature? And then how are we in all of these other qualities? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like I answered one of those questions, but no, or did I get them all? Okay. I think so. And, um, and I've, I've had several friends, you know, come to you and, and really feel that from you of, of, <laughs> which is, um, of just, wow, like I was explaining this part of my life and then we got on the acupuncture table and it just seemed to have shifted yeah. whatever. Right. <laughs> and so, and yeah, can you break down a little bit what that How, process yeah. is, that interaction? That's great. Mm-hmm. So we do this, so I always start with a conversation um, unless someone is like, I really can't do that today. So mm-hmm. if someone comes into the treatment room, it's like, let's talk. I want to hear how they're talking about their life, what's different, what's the same. Um, that gives me information kind of in that nature lens we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And also, for example, gives, it does give me some substantive need, information. Like, um, it, you know how sometimes if someone's really, like something really cool happens, really cool, and they come in and they're, su- you know they're excited. They told, we've all been waiting for this news for like weeks. And they, when they tell me they, they don't have enough substance to be as excited as I know they are. So it's really important that I talk to someone and be like, oh my God, that's so cool. So exciting. Tell me more. And if like their voice can't come Mm. up and project with excitement because they're so tired. So they're, I'm so excited. And I'm like, where's the rest of the, I know, like, I know there could be more there for that person, like more ability to experience the full range of that excitement. So I'm looking at like these finite details, right? It could be otherwise, like maybe there's way excessive energy about some, I don't, or, oh my gosh, the, so many facets. So I'm, I want to like see and hear that first Mm -hmm. and, and connect. This is rapport is important. Mm -hmm. Like otherwise 
it's a technician relationship. And will something really cool still happen? Probably, but maybe not as cool. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important in the healing. Cause we're, we're talking about healing. And I think that that is, I believe that is deepened by the relationship with the healer or the practitioner or the conduit of the healing experience, however we want to define that. So that's important because if I'm a technician who just kind of comes in clinically and does my thing and we don't engage, we might miss out on some deep richness, I think, that could otherwise really make things blow up with awesomeness. Mm -hmm. So we chat. They come on the table. We sit, I feel pulses. So both wrists, my hands, just feeling what's happening in this um, radial pulse on both sides of the body, which gives me a lot of information about chi, blood, fluids, yin, yang, heat, cold, stagnation, lack of stagnation, flow. And from that, I can ask some more questions if we need to. When is that period coming? How have those headaches been? What's happening with I'm angry lately? What is that? So I can check if I get information that way Mm. to ask. And sometimes I don't need to check because that's the information and we already covered it or I could see it or hear it. And that's it. If somebody already Mm -hmm. is, if they look angry and they, like, I don't need to ask about that. It's it's clear. We're just going to work with it. Maybe we do need to talk about it. So maybe I'll send that invitation. So we listen to the pulses. I have them stick out their tongue. I look at the tongue. More information, heat, cold, blood, chi. More information about the substantive, sort of physiological nature of the person. But again, the physiological is going to tell me a lot about what's happening in their spiritual universe, their physical universe, and their emotional universe, even though we're talking about a physiological substance. Because I know that from that information, if if we're dealing with maybe not enough blood richness, it's pretty clear why that person's not feeling so expressed and excited about their life. They don't have enough blood richness to do that yet, so we need to work on that. So that's confirmation information. And then looking at just the quality of the eye contact, how much spark is there? Do we feel comfortable looking at each other? Do we want to look away? These are things that, you know, is, is the skin warm? Is it cool? Is it moist? Is it dry? You know, maybe we palpate the channels, the legs, the arms, which is the channels of essentially the flow of chi of a particular organ system. Mm -hmm. So there's many of them. So we may be able to palpate and say, you know what? Huh, there's this place on your leg that feels a little like, Mm -hmm. are you constipated? I am constipated. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we know. So... We lay down, maybe somebody, we're going to drape with a sheet, maybe we need to take off a shirt or pants, we're not sure, it depends on where I'm going to put those needles, and we'll do that, set everybody up so that they're comfortable, make sure they're in a position that feels okay for their body, because again, maybe we're in pain, so I need to make sure that I'm placing somebody in a position that's going to allow them to be as comfortable as they can be, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing and, the, and then it's choosing points and choosing those points and placing those needles or, you know, rubbing that part of the leg or which herbal formula do I want to do in addition to these needles is a dance with all of that information that we just put together. And, mm-hmm. and also I'm going to ask a lot of questions because I want not only am I doing the treatment like, okay, I'm going to put this point in the foot so that we can create more smoothness around this anger thing that's going on or whatever it's also a conversation that's going to allow that person to take some smoothness back with them because if i'm the only one doing the work what is somebody going to get out of their life the other hours of the week that we're not together right that's not fair i don't think to be like good luck with that so it's also inquiry and coaching and maybe it's discussion about how much water we need to be drinking or Mm -hmm. the routine we have in our life or we'll how could we, how could you talk to your partner about that or your boss or your, like there is a coaching element involved too, because I want people to feel empowered Mm -hmm. and have the tools to go back out into the world and be like, great. I feel a little smoother. Like, how am I going to keep that? And how Mm -hmm. am I going to find out what triggers me to not feel like that in the first place? Mm -hmm. If we're not practicing being more mindful. 
I love this description of it feels um, this concept of like there, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of flow here so we're gonna mm -hmm. support the flow maybe some more water in your everyday life yeah. it feels like small steps that are you know perhaps some of it's on the table and some of it mm -hmm. is in their life but it's doable doable is so important and it feels it feels like it's it's a supportive like um, practice to bring us into balance yeah. and that perhaps you're coaching your clients so that they can access their own he healing. Yes, that's so important. Do you feel, cause you know, the, the word heal, mm -hmm. it's a word, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, do, do you, do you sense that those that you work with, um, when, when they come to you at the beginning, feel a sense of empowerment that they can bring healing to their own lives? I, I hope that they do by the end of our first visit because sometimes people come because they're hopeful and then we're just going to work on the empowerment piece to deepen it because they know I'm, I, something could be different here and other people come because they're really, they're hopeless and they don't know what to do. And so then now it's a totally different gig. So it depends on where somebody I think is in that spectrum. But the, the way, and not but, and, and how I do things, when we sit down, the, the, you know, I look at this paperwork. It's, you know, legal paperwork. We have to do that. That's part of my being allowed to touch somebody mm -hmm. at all with my license. Um, after that, when I've just gotten an idea of what they wrote down about themselves, my first thing is to welcome them to their room. And that's then the first visit is that welcome, like welcome to your healing space, the confidentiality piece, which is so important because this community can be huge or small and we might totally see each other at Whole Foods or, mm. you know, the, the farmer's market or whatever, Starbucks, like there's a likelihood of that and I want people to feel safe and we need to talk about that so people can feel safe. Um, and then I tell them that they're perfect. I, there's nothing to fix and that we'll do some detective work together to figure out what's going on that has them uncomfortable. Um, and that they're the wisest person in the room about them mm -hmm. in the world. Not me. My job though is to reflect that wisdom back and dig it back out if it's gotten lost. Find new pieces that have yet to have been put in. That's so important. Mm -hmm. um, be, and. Otherwise, like what I'm a band-aid. Mm -hmm. That's not. That's only good if it's a paper cut. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, it's not good. It's not gonna work. It won't hold the wounds forever. That mm -hmm. band-aid will not fix the deep stuff. It mm -hmm. will not fix. And it it won't. It that there's no there's no. First of all, nobody's broken. That's number one, and that's really hard. Some people are so relieved to hear that. Some people, that is so hard to hear because they feel so, so broken. And I totally honor that. And I have felt that. And it is, oh, it's horrible. It's a horrible place to be. Um, and to start building back in the possibility that we're not broken and mm -hmm. this will move, that's so important. Mm -hmm. um, so it depends on, you know, where someone is and to where they walk into that empowerment at what point, how many weeks does that take? Is it 20 minutes into our chat? Is it five minutes then? Is it six weeks later? Is it three months later? And that may be contingent upon their perspective or the chronicity of, of how, what they've been experiencing and for how, how long they've been in pain, the kind of pain that mm -hmm. they're in. Um, mm. So sometimes we have to clear that stuff away first mm -hmm. to get to empowerment. And sometimes we don't have to clear it away that empowerment's already there mm -hmm. we just have to make things move easier mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's yeah you have this um approach of just of starting that a person is whole whole uh, and and that no matter how loud the symptoms are are yelling at screaming us, yeah um it, it there's it's there's again just something just hearing about this it feels you know it feels so calming <laughs> uh, and reassuring um that we can trust in our bodies to take care of itself. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, 
I think it started with the show ER in the 90s oh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you know, <laughs> but like that everything's emergency. Oh my God. Totally. Um, and totally. trauma and, um, yeah. as opposed to um, observing your symptoms. Observation and information. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, to, to, yes. Oh, yes. It's just so, mm-hmm. and that took me years. I mean, still, mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. digging it out. Mm-hmm. Of course we all are. And I thought mm-hmm. I was being betrayed by my body for a long time. Mm-hmm. That alone, that like, that belief alone creates an incredible amount of disharmony mm-hmm. that can become pathological. Mm-hmm. And we can self-identify with mm-hmm. the pain that mm-hmm. we're feeling. And I'm feeling bad, therefore I'm bad. Right. It's easy to take right. that leap. And people talk about their bodies like they're not part of them. Mm-hmm. My, like my body's. My body is failing me. Mm-hmm. I'm not in alignment. And it's like, well, actually, oh my gosh, actually our bodies are desperately trying to get us to homeostasis at every moment in time. Mm-hmm. And what that shows up like is some big crazy symptoms sometimes because mm-hmm. that's the only communication tool that the body has is pain. So pain is discomfort, right? Dis-ease, disease, dis-ease, lack of ease. The only language that the body can't speak English and be like, psst, I don't think that friend is good for us. Maybe we should pick another one in third grade. No, Mm. it's a stomach ache or Mm. I don't want to go to school or bad dreams or whatever. It's not like that. That's the only way the body can say, psst, that friend, not cool or whatever. You know, too much pizza, not for me whatever. And the body's way of handling that is, is discomfort is aches and pains is the only communication tool it has. That's its language. It's amazing. Yeah. And so once we, and, and, and yes, sometimes miscellaneous wild external things happen to people. They have no control over that. That's true. And their body in response to that is doing its best to try and figure its way out through that. Um, which is really hard. Mm-hmm. and painful it can take a long time it can be really confusing and scary and it doesn't mean we're being you know I, that we're in like some I don't know terrible relationship with our bodies that there's like treason yeah. it's not treason yeah. it's the body's way of attempting to sort it out yeah I listened to uh, Tara Brock yeah. uh, and she talks mm-hmm. about her a health crisis that she had about 10 years ago where her body sort of mm-hmm. just had its uh, it was kind of a falling apart a bit and um, and how it really led her to being open and vulnerable and the fear and having all the things mm-hmm. come up in, mm-hmm. in that healing process mm-hmm. yeah the break open it's not a it's a breakdown until it's a break open right mm-hmm. so, <laughs> that's important mm-hmm. yeah and everything that all the wisdom that comes out of that not that it's easy necessarily mm-hmm. rarely so you'd mentioned space mm-hmm. and you are you co-created a mm-hmm. space called mm-hmm. third space wellness mm-hmm. in downtown silver spring yes which I need to go to and <laughs> check out myself. Um, but tell me a little bit about what brought that. Yeah. Well, well, so, yeah. So um, I have amazing partners, and we were all wanting to make a difference and create create an opportunity for people to come and do their healing and do it with others, and then go back out and be lights for the world, right? You know, through this, like, through my healing, I'll be better to all the people I touch, they'll be better to all the people they touch. So having a touch point for that to occur, having a space where that can occur, that's accessible, that's um, part of one's easy, regular life, as often as they need it to be, or not, as depending on how often they need it. And, um, you know, we don't live in village anymore, actually. I mean, we have to create that. Yeah. It's a big conversation. Yeah. 
-hmm. So the he the wisdom that people used to share and collect at the well or the kitchen table or the tent or whatever is maybe harder to access depending on how where which part of the concrete jungle somebody's living in do they live close to their families did they know their grandparents like how did i don't know like how, how you know in our world i mean chicken chicken soup that's how you heal all the things right like <laughs> i learned that from my grandparents like we've lost some generational touch points to a lot of healing wisdom from a lot of brilliant people all over the world and and here we are living in these like separate houses not always gathering unless we do it on purpose maybe in a faith community maybe not maybe we knit together but a lot of people don't have that so how do we do that around our well-being because it's really hard to heal by oneself it's like really hard there's no mirror there's no one like oh I've seen that before if I'm by myself completely there's no other observer to say like I, I don't know that I see that the same way or whatever so creating a healing place for people to do that in a way that feels like a Starbucks I think is really important because these are the third these are the third places these are where people are doing life going to play chess together over coffee down the street going to meet with a friend to talk about what's going on with your third graders go whatever um, whatever it is and it's so not easy necessarily to find it around our health and our wellness in a place that is not just, you know, BSing around about what's going on, but like really committed to having it be different, giving people the tools for that to shift. So that's how we arrived at that. There was this mm -hmm. book, Great Good Places, I believe it's mm -hmm. called, Joy Had Read. She's one of my business partners and we, we liked that concept of the third place and then we also love that in a lot of wisdom traditions, and especially in Chinese medicine, that humans stand between heaven and earth. Heaven and whatever someone thinks of that as, like divine space, air, mm. mystical, unformed. not mystical, unformed, mm. whatever that is, the things that are the, the things that's above the soil, that's that space, heaven, we'll say, and earth, like the mother earth and that we you, we stand between them as as that third place we're the third we're the third oh, place wow we're the third space as humans or other four leggeds or whatever wow. you know two leggeds and four leggeds and other amphibians whatever um reptiles maybe amphibians live in the water but you know mm -hmm. so we're the so that's important that was like all kind of came together in this sort of concept of these gathering places and who we are and that's what we created mm -hmm. this place to be able to do that and so you're so in this space there's acupuncture mm -hmm. there's Massage, classes, nutrition yeah and it's um and so it's it's that's it's that piece of what you were talking about just being who you are. Yep. And yeah, come, being seen. Come be seen the exactly the way you are, with no judgment. And n that you're with other real people. I mean, we're not. You know, we curse, we laugh. Yeah. I like ice cream. You know. Yeah. Like we're not. We're not untouchables, the people that are offering yeah. um, the opportunities. It's like, come be real and know that you won't be judged and know that you will be seen and honored and do it with some other people. It, it's friendly, like people chat with each other in the lobby. I, I love know? that because oftentimes, right, some, oftentimes, unfortunately, that wellness space can seem a little removed. Yes, it can. And, and so. it could be sterile or it could be maybe too woo-woo for someone's woo-woo, whatever, mm -hmm. comfort level. Mm -hmm. um, it's like a social house. Yeah. Yeah. Put together. More like that. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a place where hopefully everybody feels comfortable mm -hmm. no matter how they're walking through life or wheeling through life or whatever, however they move through their daily life that they that there are no barriers or as few as possible for them to come and mm -hmm. do their healing work, have their healing journey unfold. Mm -hmm. And in a space that's loving. 
and with people who get it and are still doing our own work. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard to find on like the 11th floor somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, at least today. I don't know that it will be, but that it's easy or as easy as it can be. Healing is hard work. So how do we make that easier mm-hmm. to do? Mm-hmm. There's like um, a seamlessness mm-hmm. in that you can step into your wellness every day. Yes. I love that. Yeah. It feels right. It, it feels easy. Not yeah. easy, but right. easy. <laughs> and it, it is because every day then, you know, every day it takes practice to go and do the things that we learn about ourselves. Um, you know, practice, yeah. practicing drinking water, practicing going to sleep on time, practicing not yelling at my kid because I lost my patience, mm-hmm. pra- you know, practice. And, um, and that's it, it. We want it to be as easy as possible, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as it can be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a closing question, mm-hmm. because I, in theory, we could talk for hours. I think, <laughs> but um, I think a closing question for this round of conversation. Yeah. Um, I I would love to bring us back to the feminine, or will yeah. we? <laughs> where let's end feminine sure feminine space. um i love how you said that yeah i mean i that that feminine element and mm-hmm. energy is mm-hmm. is there we are in it mm-hmm. we came from wombs mm-hmm. the, the water is everywhere yep um we're on mother earth and i i it does feel like this moment of collective, um, like we're in a collective stress point. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's some like deep mother wounds. Yeah. That are. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of having chills saying mm-hmm. this. I did got that. I just got that too. <laughs> I got them at the same time. I just felt all my little goosebumps, like <laughs> all the little hairs on my neck, just got excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're in this moment. Yes. And where are you feeling hopeful, like, hmm, in restoring that balance? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. That's beautiful. I, in the work I do, um, and this is actually, I've heard this in, in many, again, many wisdom traditions. I think this is, um, what I'm about to say is it, it's, it's understood widely by many ancient perspectives and belief systems that we can heal the seven generations now. Mm. In my understanding of the way I practice Chinese medicine, the way that it's influenced, right? It's influenced by belief system. All medicine is influenced by belief system. Um, my take on it, you know, is so in this moment, you and I, we can heal in healing ourselves. We can heal the wounds of the women past and the women to come both and the men and the non-binary and the cis and all everybody. So I'm, I'm, I'm not making exclusions when we're talking about the feminine that way. So this moment, if we do that work and we help heal the traumas that we've experienced directly or the substantial, like in my body things that are showing up that actually are not mine, that belong to the generations before me that I sort of inherited that are expressing themselves as interesting things that nobody really understands like fibroids or um, fertility difficulties, which we understand a lot about, but not all the things, um, all of that, all of, and, and other expressions that if we work to heal them now, then we'll be different. The next generations will be different, but we'll also lay to rest things that were really hard for the people that came before us mm-hmm. and dead or alive. Mm-hmm. And that the expression that we're having now in society 
as we get to that sort of stress point where, uh, and stress, you know, is an important word. That's an engineering word. It only became a way we talk about ourselves. Like it's very modern. It's an engineering word. How much weight will this bridge hold with this particular structure in place? So let's look at ourselves that way. So the stress point that we're in as a community at large of women and, and everyone in what we're willing to tolerate and what we're not willing to tolerate anymore and all the wounds. Um, if it does break open because the bridge has gotten, you know, the bridge is not supported the way it used to be, fine, good. Better out than in. Because if it doesn't come up and out and we don't do that, yeah. it will continue to manifest in all of these funky cellular things and all of these growths and all of these aches and pains at all levels for generations to come. Mm-hmm. The only way to heal them is to have them come up and out mm-hmm. carefully with love and then to move the stagnation as gracefully as we can. Mm-hmm. So... I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're doing it. (laughs) We're doing it. This conversation. Totally. Yeah. It's a healing space. It is. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This was very nourishing. Thank you. you. Me too. And now for some sweet notes. Sweet note one. We are whole first. What shows up physically coexists in all the spheres of who we are. When in relationship with discomfort, we're invited into an inquiry into all the parts of us. While physical discomfort is disconcerting when things in our body do show up, the emotional, mental, spiritual also show up right along with it. In the production in this podcast, A knee-hip thing strongly showed up in my own body. I channeled the wisdom Rachel shared in her practice around wholeness. And while sitting in my Epsom salt bath, I also sat with the emotional substance that was sitting there right alongside the body discomfort. It was right there, just sitting and ready to be attended to. Sweet note two. Healing happens in community. We cannot heal alone. Healing happens when there is a human mirror reflecting back to us. Healing also happens in spaces that we can step into with ease. Where we step in, we connect, we are seen, and then we step back out into the world more aware, more grounded, more supported maybe a little more healed. Sweet note three. Alignment with what is life-giving is healing. The simple question, is this thing giving me life or is this cutting me off from what feels life-giving? This is a practical question that we can ask ourselves anytime in any given situation. From the practical, am I drinking enough water? To the emotional, is this making me feel drained? To the spiritual, is this situation allowing for my full expression or am I diminished? These questions are great reference points in lining up the things in our lives so we can live with more ease. Sweet note four. As Rachel stated beautifully, all health is women's health. Beyond gender, women's health, as Rachel illuminated for us, is a quality that is energetic. The water covering our planet, Mother Earth, how we are nourished, the act of feeding ourselves, feeling safe, all gender distinctions aside, mothering is a practice and is a medicine generated from within that we can also flow out and express in our world. 
I'd like to thank Rachel for her generosity in sharing her wisdom and for the time to be in conversation together. If you'd like to check out Third Space Wellness or connect with Rachel, you can find the link at redlentilconsulting.com. And thank you, Ethan Bayless, co-producer, sound engineer, and composer. Your sounds and songs are healing to me. Coming up in our next episode, we line up with Shavuot and explore forming Jewish communities. Until then, I'm Jody Bayless, and this is Purple Line.